This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. And today we have that guest that we promised you guys, a legend. But not only is he a legend, his last name starts similar to legend, the infamous <laughs> John Ledyard back with his podcast hat on. I don't know who to say hi to first, guys. Just give give the fans a big hello. Hello to you, to the fans, to John. Thanks so much for being here, John. Absolutely. Thank you both for having me. This is really a pleasure. When I heard you guys were doing this podcast, I was so excited and I texted Kay Huddy and Kaylee, I followed you and I was like, I got to listen to this pod. And I, my job takes me out of the loop kind of for a little while until this past week. And I've kind of been able to get back on the grid a little bit and listen to y'all. And it's clear that you love this team. You're passionate about this team and that's exciting. And I think any fan who knows that is listening kind of knows that, but it's just been, it's been so exciting for me to think about being on this podcast with both of you and seeing where you're going to take this thing and being able to jump on one of the earlier ones, I think is, is <laughs> something we'll all look back on and smile about someday. Yeah. Well, John, I I'm, that. yeah and I'm excited to pick your brain because we bring a lot of excitement and energy and you bring a lot of analysis. And I know that fans are really, really missing that analysis. And so we are oh, going yeah. to do a deep dive into the Bucks roster today. We're going to talk about some surprise cuts, who made the roster, and, you know, how strong this Bucks team really is. Casey, I think that we should start off with the actual 53-man roster yep. and what it shook out to be. So they had to cut from 80 down to 53 and there were some question marks in there at least by uh i know our producer um and some (laughs) other bucks fans uh i i'm interested john to start with you what was the biggest surprise in the bucks cut i guess if you're gonna once you understood the loophole involved with cutting logan ryan why that had to take place which makes complete sense uh, that was kind of more semantics. I, I think the one that most people were surprised by was Tyler Johnson. And it's funny because a year ago, we probably would not have been that surprised by Tyler Johnson. Being cut, <laughs> not I. Except, that the, except that the rest of the competition at wideout didn't really step up that much either outside of you know the top three guys last year. And this year, it seemed like Tyler Johnson had stepped up and he was playing better. And then he got cut and Scotty Miller got kept and Scotty Miller had been the one that struggled. And I know, Casey, I don't know if, if you were happy or sad about that at this point, but I do think everybody was, was a little surprised. Yeah, you're happy. I know you're happy. <laughs> um, everyone was a little surprised, though. And I was surprised. I, I wasn't that surprised Tyler Johnson got cut. I was surprised Scotty Miller stayed. I would thought it would have been if they were going to keep one or the other, depending on how many receivers they were going to keep. I just didn't think Scotty had done anything to earn his spot this offseason. Where last offseason, he was pretty good. He was coming off a good season, obviously. And so it felt like last offseason, he was like a lock going into the into, into training camp. This offseason, I thought he was going to be on the outside looking in. And then he, the way he played, it felt like he was looking in. And then I think when Scotty was – but I think what they saw when with Scotty eventually was here's a guy that can play outside and he can play special teams. And although he doesn't do everything well, his trump card is speed. And he can use that, and that can be an asset to us if Mike Evans gets hurt. He can play that position, that outside receiver position. A lot of people, even the broadcast I listened to the other day, they were playing the Titans in the preseason game, and they compared him to Cal Phillips, who is a wide receiver for the Titans, who plays only in the slot 
and they think that Scotty Miller is a slot. And the announcer was like, he does a lot of things really similar to Scotty Miller. And I'm like, Cal Phillips no. is going to average like eight <laughs> yards per catch his whole career. And Scotty Miller's averaged like 17. And so he is a deep threat. He is an outside receiver. He's not as good inside. You know, there are definitely some limitations, especially as a blocker in this scheme. But mm-hmm. I think the fact that he clearly has a role is better than a Tyler Johnson who, what does he do really well? He can't play outside. He struggles to get off press coverage. He's not a great athlete. Although he does make great plays on the ball at times, there's also a ton of drops you have to deal with with him. And it just felt like he wasn't improving enough in those areas. Although there were still some highlight row catches at times, just like in college, the down to the play to play consistency wasn't improving for him. And I felt like they just, they could not overlook that when it came to his value to the roster, the special teams thing matters, but I don't think it mattered as much as Todd Bowles is probably letting on at the end of the, he wasn't as good at playing wide receiver. And I'm glad you mentioned the special teams thing. Cause I actually had a question because, well, you already know this. I mean, Tyler Johnson was on the bottom of my list for the longest time and then heading into training camp I'm like get rid of this guy already and then training camp happens and I'm like oh crap Casey you kind of have to take an L on everything you've said about this kid just about and then this happens but my theory for Scotty Miller living to see another day in a Bucks uniform was the fact that there's no other receiver like him in that pack unless you go to the rookies so everyone else has kind of the same build the same frame in my perspective. So I feel like Scotty Miller also gives them a difference. Yes. in skill sets, but you know, him not being the same six foot something or other guy. So I didn't, I didn't really hold it only to special teams. I just held it to like, if he rises to the occasion, his skill set, his ability and where they can pop him around. And I feel like Tom Brady always likes just having that one, you know, that one guy that's like five, nine and 180 pounds on his side to do things for him. He Mm, definitely does. I think that's a really good point. Casey. Something else I was thinking about when we when we think about this is something we, we talked a little bit about on the pod last time, and I'm interested to get both of your guys' perspective. But it's the fact that there is a little bit of a knowingness there between Scotty and Tom, who's obviously QB1. Um, and so I, I, I think having that familiarity, I, I think that's something that Tom really values. As a quarterback, it's something that we've seen throughout his career that there are these key people that he goes to that he trusts. And at times, it seemed like Tyler Johnson was that he had more chemistry, I guess, with the other quarterbacks that weren't Tom Brady. And and I think that made it didn't make me question his ability, but it did make me question how that dynamic was going to play out on the field is Tyler Johnson, the receiver for Tom Brady. And that matters. It matters if two guys are going to mesh together. And I don't, and I I wonder how much do you think that also played into this situation? Well, coming back and dropping Tom Brady's first pass is not the cutest thing to do when you're trying to make a name for yourself, especially when people already think that you lack consistency and then the bullet comes back and and you can't really manage. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard because Brady was gone. He's also made some of the most important catches in Brady's time in Tampa Bay. You know, that's what makes it so funny. And even in that game, game, in that preseason game, but the Saints game, he makes a crazy, the, the, the Super Bowl year. Crazy back shoulder catch, like on on a third down. I mean, that was just that was a massive play. That was one of the biggest mm-hmm. plays, and that was one of his only plays in the postseason. But you know, he makes that play. That you talk about the game winning drive against the Jets last year. I know Cyril Grayson caught the game winner, 
but a few mm-hmm. plays before that who got the big play to get him to cross midfield was Sal Johnson. And yeah. so there is this trend. And even in college, he would ha- he would t- suffer a ton of drops in college. It was like a consistent thing for him. And he played in the slot a ton in college too. So there were there were questions about his ability to get off press as an outside receiver, even going back to college. But he made so many big-time catches, contested catches, and he wasn't even that big of a dude. In the NFL, though, it is just so much harder to live that way as a receiver because if you are always making contested catches, it means you have not gained separation from other players, from other defenders. It means you have not created space as a receiver. It means you have not made yourself an available target a high percentage of the time. If you watch Tyler Johnson's tape, yeah, even the, the, the shellacking at the hands of the Saints last year when the Bucks got shut out, nobody remembers this play, but I do because I'm a sicko. At the end of that game, Tom Brady threw up a ball to him, and he went up and mossed a guy for it. It was a meaningless play. Bucks didn't score on the drive. Clock ran out at the end of the drive, I believe. But he makes those kind of plays, but yet the whole game, he couldn't get off coverage. So like those are the only plays he can make because he's not open enough. Because again, today, just not a good enough athlete and not a good enough technician, didn't have the physique and things like that to be able to get open consistently. Now he's going to Houston. He's going to play and he might produce in Houston even I mean, more than he did in Tampa Bay, obviously. And mm-hmm. Bucks fans need, just need to be careful. Like that doesn't mean that this is a guy you should have kept just because he, you look over and, oh, he caught six passes for 60 mm-hmm. yards in Houston. Like that's better than Scotty Miller who didn't do anything this week. Well, Scotty Miller's playing behind four studs. And yeah. over there, Tyler Johnson, as soon as he knows the offense, could step into the starting lineup because they don't have anybody. So it's, and it depends on their division and so many things too. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on their workload, and it could just be a whole different scenario. People just, their careers tend to take off in different areas for so many different reasons. But kind of pivoting from the shock of Scotty Miller. And for anybody that wants clarification, yes, I am happy that Scotty is still on the roster. Do I think that he earned it this training camp? No, I'm not a crazy person, but I have faith in Scotty and Scotty I trust. So we'll see what happens down the line. But I, I think just to say one more thing about Scotty, as yeah. a gunner, he's proven it. And I think that they take some solace in that. Yes, he's too small to do it all the time. But if mm-hmm. you needed somebody in a pinch, you are not putting Julio Jones on special teams. You are not putting Jalen Darden at gunner. You're not doing those things. So you can't do that with your fourth and fifth wideouts. Not many teams are built that way where their fourth and fifth wideouts are really, other than Darden being a return guy, they are just straight up not special teams options. You can't put them in a game in those situations. If Scotty's active or needed to be active, you know he could do it in a pinch. He's probably not going to be active every single week. But he again, it just came down to you have to have be able to fill more roles at the bottom of the roster. At the end of the day, Scotty has just filled more roles than Tyler Johnson. If there's a gripe, it's why is Brashad Perryman still here? And That's where my next question was going. <laughs> All right. So at least you at Mind least you reader. pivoted into it anyway, because I was like, that's the next big surprise when you read of names. Well, there's three, Darden, Perriman, and mm-hmm. then Scotty Miller. So thank you for clearing that up about Scotty, though, because I know a lot of fans are like, is it really just the special teams and what's the depth behind and then the gunner questions and stuff? But Part on the, on note of uh, other surprises, the, the Golden Knight, the the charge on of of my heart that failed me again. I was gonna say I didn't know if I was allowed to say anything negative about him on this podcast. I didn't know if you were gonna. You're allowed to. We're not biased boot me here. Off or- <laughs> Kaylee had to listen to me harp about Kyle Trask because well, UF doesn't breed quarterbacks and boo gators. But um, yeah, she let me have my my glowing moment about that, and then I had to take an L the following week. So and then I made you walk the plank because of it. So yeah, agree. <laughs> Tear my dreams. I can't away believe she made you walk the plank on Cal Trask after he went like. Right. What? 
to each their own. Everybody has a voice here. We are for everybody <laughs> here on Jolly Rogers and touchdowns. But, you know, Brashad Perriman, I was high on him last season. You know this. Um, he he helped me look impressive for one game. And then all of a sudden it was just the ultimate decline. But is there does, you know, did he surprise you by making this roster? Do you really feel like he's going to be a contributing factor this season, um, healthy and and ready to go? I don't know. I, you know, he is such an unusual situation. Again, seven wide receivers here. That's unusual in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Scotty being captain again, like Perryman has played six special team snaps in his career. Like he doesn't have anything on special teams. So it just comes down to like it, just some unusual situations in that regard. I understand why Tyler Johnson wasn't kept. I'm not sure I understand the full rationale between why they kept Perryman and why they kept Scotty Miller. I've explained some of the Scotty stuff. I get it. I don't know if it's ideal, but I get it given what they had. Mm-hmm. I think with Perryman, we just have to look at the fact that it comes down to when he's been when he's been healthy for this team, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he has been good. And that is what they care about. Like, yes, the health is a concern. Yes, the fact that he struggled everywhere else, basically, that he's been over the last couple of years, and he's been a couple of different places, has is a concern. Like, all those things matter. It should matter, but at the end of the day, they feel like he makes them five deep at wideout. That's what they feel like. They think that he makes them five deep at wideout. I have no idea what Todd Bowles was talking about when he mentioned special teams the other day. Maybe he just believes Perryman's uh, ability to play special teams or potential to play special teams is greater than seeing Tyler Johnson for 130-something snaps in his career play special teams and not be good at it. Maybe he believes that 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 is the difference maker there. I, I don't know. I just think it all honestly came down to offense. The Bucs are just determined to not have what happened last year happen mm-hmm. when they go get hurt at receiver. They believe it's going to happen at some point. These guys will get dinged up. And to them, after quarterback, that is the most important position on that roster. They load up on wide receivers. Right now, last year, they thought they had three that could play going into the year. They hoped Scotty could. They hoped Al Johnson could. When A.B. and Godwin and Evans at times, times well, a couple times, all three of them were hurt. That just didn't happen. Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson were terrible in those situations. They did not want to go into next year with those guys as four and five. So mm-hmm. Perryman, they brought him in last year. They think he'll be even better now that he's he- once he gets healthy again and acclimated to the offense. Obviously, Julio Jones is better than those guys, even in his current state. So they believe now that they're five deep, better at receiver, deeper at receiver than they were last year with guys who can legitimately play. And then Scotty's got the special teams ability. And they think another year from Darden, maybe a gadget role, definitely a return guy. I think he clearly just reading your reports on everything from practice and hearing the pods that he got better this off season, for sure. We got to see it with the big boys, no question. Um, But that's, that's what they're, that's how they view the receiver room. Do I think Perriman's that guy as a fifth receiver? I, I think, yeah, he could be that guy. But again, the fact he doesn't play special teams or hasn't at this point, uh, it does make it a little bit of an unusual fit. That'll be interesting. Were you a surprise, Kaylee? I, you know, I think that the, the Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller thing was a little bit more surprising to me. And Mm -hmm. then I understood, I don't know. I I guess I kind of, I'm going to like pivot into something else uh, because I think I was hoping that there was going to be like a few more younger guys on this team that they like a guy that they would, would see hope in, but maybe needed a little bit more time to just adjust or have some mentoring. Um, but that didn't really happen 
we saw them go almost across the board with the tried and true with the more veteran guys, with the guys that they felt like have been there and have done that. Um, and we saw it with the Scotty Miller and Tyler Johnson thing. And I guess I'm just wondering, like when I look at these guys and when I look at the choices that they made, it's not that I have distrust, but I'm just wondering, like, it seems like this team and front office really values the experience and just you, you just it's it's an older team and it's not like it's just older in terms of like football years there's not that many super young rookie like guys on this team that are going to be the guy um every you know like from Tom Brady to Mike Evans right like it, it, it's it's mm. a kind of across the board i'm just wondering like do you guys think that that is Am I reading into that? Is that is is are other people seeing this as well? It seems like they just really value the veteran presence, and I don't know if that's a front office thing, if that's a Tom Brady thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't right know, now, but it, I but think it seems they, true. I'm pretty sure they have the the average age of the team. I'm pretty sure is 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 last in the NFL, like oldest in the NFL. Let's put it that way. And They're now a lot so of that, is, yeah, the, a lot of that is the bottom of the roster doing a lot of work. But you're exactly right, I think, Kaylee. Like if you look at the bottom of the roster, who do they add? John O'Neill, veteran. Logan Ryan, over 30, veteran. Akeem Hicks, well over 30, veteran. Um, who are some of the other guys that they've added just in the past couple of months? They looked Shaq at the Mason. bottom of the roster. Jack Mason, another guy who's approaching 30, I believe. So they looked at the bottom of this roster and they said. We need more experience. We need better, more proven depth. We get to the playoffs. We don't want to have to rely on guys who we don't know whether they can play or not. And whether we thought mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson would be good or not, they didn't know whether he could play or not, you know, like, and then they found out he couldn't, and it was on the biggest stage and that they don't want that to happen again. And yeah, mm-hmm. Julio Jones is another one, you know, again, all these guys that I mentioned, pretty much all of them have recent injury history. The story of the Bucks season is going to be whether the fact that they got older a little bit, and it wasn't like they got older, like all these guys have to start and play a ton of snaps. That's what I like about it. That's why I think it has a chance. If they were leaning on these guys to be full-time players, but Julio Jones is not going to be a full-time player. Hakeem Hicks is not going to be a full-time player. Like most of these guys will not play. Keanu Neal not going to be a full-time player. Even Logan Ryan not going to be a full-time player. Mike Edwards will be a huge factor at that position too, and they will move people around and play a bunch of different bodies. But they, if those guys can hold up physically – play their role, their snap load, whatever that is, on a, on a game-to-game basis, and stay healthy in time for the playoffs, they are a much deeper team for sure at a, most of those positions, most of the positions on their roster, than they were a year ago. Depth was a concern. This year they wanted to make sure that wasn't the case. The question mark in, in, in doing that, they kind of pulled in this question mark, which is health now moving forward because a lot of these guys have injury history. Previously to this, Jason Light had very much stayed away from anybody with an injury history. It was a big reason why he let Gerald McCoy go and he kept mm-hmm. and he signed Indomitian Sue. Sue would never miss a game due to injury in his career, still hasn't. But that was a big reason. He felt like McCoy's health was on the way down. He was obviously right about that, unfortunately for him. And then Sue, was he felt like he was going to be a rock for their defense. He consistently has made decisions based on that. This is the first year he's gotten away from that. And it's because he's trying to go all in and pursue that championship. If they he might end up being right. It might end up being a gamble that pays off. And I think that's a good point. Sorry, Kaylee, because I love the fact that he mentioned Jason light in the health and the health thing. But the other thing along the lines of the, the veteran presence um, and depth is also the fact that every press conference and training camp this August was, you know, how does it feel to be this long in your career and not have gotten a ring yet? 
and to be on a team with everybody who's like-minded in a sense of, you know, they had seasons that were very close. Like I can't steer away from the fact that some people aren't big fans of Kyle Rudolph, but I just think of Kyle Rudolph and the Minnesota miracle and the fact that he's had this carousel of quarterbacks that aren't that great. Um, you know, what can he do with a great quarterback and having that chip on his shoulder of almost. So there's a lot of these guys that have that almost caliber to them. And yeah, they're kind of up there in age and they're at the turning point coming off of, off of injuries and stuff. So does that make the the hunger and the gusto and, and the drive to hit the Super Bowl that much harder? And is that going to be the recipe? You know, a bunch of guys who have this almost story come together and play with Tom Brady, who took a team two years ago to Super Bowl, can he do it again with with this with this theme, this pattern of almost? So I, I think that's think where the veteran presence comes in. It's so interesting that you bring that up, Casey, because I think that's a formula that we have seen sometimes be successful in sports. Most recently, here in Tampa with the Lightning. I was going to say hockey. They had yeah. an older team, and they. Mm-hmm. Went to the Stanley Cup final three years in a row, won two, Banged up two and all. championships. Um, and like people said, this is an older team, but they were able to pull it off. And I think that when you look at this team, Jolly Rogers and touchdown fans, two things that you need to be thinking about and cheering for each week, aside from your team, are the trainers <laughs> because th- that it, it, and the strength coaches, because those are keys to keeping this team healthy uh aside from like freak injuries uh Mm -hmm. you need and i know the trainers over there and and they're great um so i'm not worried but i'm just saying because it's tb12 impliability (laughs) that's that's go to armenia for your post workout workout uh, Brady's biggest contribution to the team this year could be keeping the old guys fresh with TB12. Who would have thought? I mean, that might be avocado joints take people all the way. I have been tortured by the TB12, and I can I can stand yes. for something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I mean, clearly it works. <laughs>